What would you do for a Klondike bar? Buy one? Oh god, what have I done? Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that, one, surprised Jared with me starting the episode, and two, says everyone needs a nap. Steven, you need a nap. Everyone needs a nap, including Steven. Steven very much needs a nap. But also maybe Twyla. (laughs) I'm your host, Steven Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. I forgot who I am. Jared, what's up? Wow, we are on one today. Yeah, no, usually Steven and I will, like fuck around for quite a bit before we start recording this time he had me say one sentence and then just started i am all business today baby business steven business steven i ain't got time for stuff jared all i have is the the small little grip on life that i have and and the reese's trees that you're eating from my candy jar you're diabetic shaming me i am steven this is a safe space yeah it's just me and you here no one else is listening to this not at all are you okay? <laughs> I'm doing all right. This is the most manic I have seen you in a very long time. I'm just very tired. Yeah. Tech week is hard, man. Tech week is hard. And I've just been full throttle for the last... Both both work and tech week have been full throttle. And I am looking for a break. Looking for a little release on that one. Thankfully, both... I mean, the fact that they both lined up being the craziest at the same time sucks. Yeah. But that means they'll also calm down at the same time. Hopefully. I'm hoping next week at work is calm. I impressed a lot of people at the company holiday party. We did a game show, and it was fun, and everyone liked it. I have a controversial opinion around holiday slash Christmas. Sure. Yes, I want to be more inclusive. I think the move should be to make Christmas more secular not make secular language more because like i mean i yes the how many christmas movies are there like none of those are religious or some of them are religious but like home alone i watched home alone last night mm-hmm. sure it's a christmas movie mm-hmm. that's not i guess they do go to a church for one but like that's to like for a choir singing and him connecting with his daughter like i'm just i understand it i just the word christmas feels so homey jared I, Holidays I, are so broad. I see what you're saying. May I introduce you to uh, a sect of people known as the evangelicals who would be very upset at you? Good! <laughs> Good! When evangelicals are mad at me, that means I'm on the right track. It means I did things right. Yes. Yay! <laughs> and that's... Listen, I don't... That's not a hill I'm willing to die on. I just... I like Christmas. <laughs> yeah. This episode will come out right before the Christmas. That is true. Yes, this will be our Thursday episode before... Well, I guess Monday, the Monday episode is Christmas, right? No, Sunday. We'll be releasing an episode on... No, yeah, Monday is Christmas. Nice. Because my company only gives us Christmas Day off. We don't get Christmas Eve off. We don't get the day after Christmas off. We just get Christmas Day off. That's pretty brutal. I'm not going to lie. I mean, honestly, it's fine because it's like really, it's basically soft PTO because nobody is working. Yeah. Like, the, we, we're a company that works with other companies. They're not doing shit during that week. <laughs> it's going to be the same at my office. It's, yeah. It's, it's going to be a lot of quiet. We're there for emergencies. And like, no, like our, our work has been crazy about return to office. Even that week, they're like, yeah, we don't care. <laughs> you don't worry we're about it. We're from wherever. I don't care. Just, just do the work and pretend that you're clocked in. <laughs> Yay. I wish I had some of that. Uh, I know. Speaking of things that I do have, emails. If you want to email us, feel free to do so. SurvivorTBT at gmail.com. Or you can message us on Reddit. You slash SurvivorTBT. And I'm going to start saying it again. You can message us on X. Yeah. At SurvivorTBT. We're keeping it up because it's a good way for me to post things. Sure. Yeah. So, have a couple emails. First from Tyler. Tyler has a, a little bit of backstory here for some of the players here. JP got a job at Best Buy in LA, and his appearance on Dr. Phil was to promote electronics at Best Buy, as well as their work with the Toys for Teens charity. Okay. He had a son in 2016. Going from being on TV to working at a Best Buy must be depressing as hell. I'm assuming he's working for Best Buy corporate, not just a best buy somewhere maybe 
if he's going on TV to promote electronics, then I hope they're giving him more than just a hourly wage. <laughs> Brady was not allowed to do any in-person interviews following his Survivor appearance due to sensitive work obligations with the FBI. That's hilarious. I have a customer at work who I, I obviously won't dox by accident, but his son does something for the government, and he obviously cannot talk to me about it. So, like, I'll try to – when I'm checking in with him, just like, hey, man, how's it going? Uh, sometimes I'll mess up and be like, how's your son? Be like, nope, actually, I know you can't answer that. Um, but sometimes he also doesn't know the answer. Like, he doesn't know what part of the government his son works for. You know what? Sometimes it's for the best. That's wild. And, like, all the information he will get is like, hey, I'm not going to be around for the next couple months. I'm going somewhere that isn't America. And he goes, <laughs> okay, I guess I'll see you in a couple months then. Okay, bye. It's so cool. There was speculation at the time that he would be the first survivor ever to not attend the reunion because of this, but that did not end up being the case. Hmm. It's hard for me to be objective about this season because I watched the first season. This was the first season I actually watched. I had read recaps and watched Survivor like videos on the CBS website, but this was the first season I actually saw, so everything was new to me. There's something to be said about your first season of Survivor, the thing that hooked you, the thing yeah. that made you go back and like, okay, yeah, this is something I enjoy. Honestly, this feels like a good one to be somebody's first season because it is so this obviously the stakes are always high. Yeah. But it's it's so low like strategy and so like just people just guys being dudes. The entire episode. Gender gender does not matter. It's guys being dudes. Guys being dudes. Yeah, and I can't actually wait to see Jared's reaction to how the season plays out. Because I could see him loving it, and I could see him hating it. I, every single episode, I've been waiting for this to the season to break in a direction for me to have stronger opinions. And every single episode, it doesn't. It just stays kind of the same with, like, increases in quality. I'm here for kind of the same. Yeah. Anyway... <laughs> Thank you, Tyler. We also have one from Carl. Carl's episode five email. I didn't know what tacos de testado, testajo, were either, as it's something very regional to O A X A C A. Do you want to take a stab at that one? O A X. Yeah, A C A. I don't know that region of Mexico. I don't. Oaxaca. Oaxaca, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I was just told. It's carne de res, which means it's beef meat. <laughs> I fucking love literal translations of things that sound ridiculous. Yo, you want some beef meat? <laughs> Hell yeah. I love tearing down Survivor's gender biases as much as the next guy. But to be fair, three of Survivor's top four villains to this point, Rich, Rob, Johnny Fairplay, are probably dudes. Well, that's fair. I'm thinking of specifically the ones that come back for heroes versus villains. Yeah, not Rich, to mention all of Thailand. Well, yeah. I, I, I'm When I say villains, I more mean... Well, first of all, yeah, like I said, talking about heroes versus villains. And I'm not talking about ones that do actual crimes. Obviously. The other would be Jared if it's not... Or the other would be Jerry if not obvious. <laughs> it could also, it could also I be I am the survivor villain! Jared is the villain. No, I mean, are there... Boston Rob doesn't come back for Heroes vs. Villains. Boston Rob doesn't come back, does he? No, he does come back for Heroes vs. Villains? He's coming back, yeah. Okay, okay. So he's the only guy I can think of that's on the villain side for Heroes vs. Villains, and Tina is the only girl I can think of for the hero side. Right? She comes back for Heroes vs. Villains? She does not. Okay. There's somebody. Anyway, we'll see when we get there. It's just a little, like, hmm, interesting casting. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you're 100% right. Like, those people are, yes, those are the biggest villains. They also didn't get spots in the season. Yeah, picture the episode. All Bubba. So much Bubba. Look at that Bubba. <laughs> yeah. We need more Bubbas in Survivor. <laughs> My favorite part of the episode might be this, what, face when Amy calls him out at Tribal Council. Pointed it off so smoothly, that Bubba. Notes. I'll say it again, this is my favorite intro ever. It's so energetic, and I love the chants, especially the deep ones that sound somewhat like a volcano erupting. Yeah, it's growing on me. Okay. Every episode, I like it a little bit more. I don't think Rory was athletic enough for the young guys to want to align with, to be honest. Not that that's a good reason, but I think that was the reason. 
I also don't think the guys would have kicked off Rory instead of John Kay because I imagine they'd be more worried about John, the young model, switching to the women's side than Rory. You're probably right. <laughs> Women love a good mechanical bull operator after all. Sure. Which is funny in the year 2023, almost 2024, because like dad bods are like the thing. Pretty sure Lisa says bye-bye to the native people as she says it again after she's the last picked at the swamp. I, th- I think that's right. Or at the swamp, not the, the swamp. swamp. Ah, yes, the Vanuatu swamp. What are you doing in my swamp? <laughs> Shrek it, is infiltrating your life, Steven. It is. Shrek is love. Shrek is life. It's her catchphrase, I guess. At least she didn't sing a Christian missionary song at them. That we know of. Yeah, that we know of. As much as I love this season, I can't really disagree with Jared when he says a lot of the characters blend together in these early episodes. Could be a function of having 18 instead of 16. That doesn't help. <laughs> But it is probably the reason that we keep screwing up names in that early section. 100%. Yeah. Things I liked. Steven, this is just going to be your section now. You can (laughs) add or skip at your own discretion. I'm going to read this right now and just laugh at Jared. I hope we keep this silence in so people know what (laughs) I had to suffer through. Yeah. Yeah. Sarge holding a spear like it's unexploded ordnance. I just... Yeah. Sarge needs to go away. Bubba saying they could build a bridge and get over it. And Sarge, in reference to their previous conversation, saying, that's what they said before, and you said build a bridge and get over it. I'm hoping he means that Bubba used the same phrase back then, and it's just something he says all the time. Rory calling the native people by their actual name, the Ni Vanuatu, which, according to Wikipedia, is a large group of closely related Melanesian ethnic groups Native to Vanuatu. Cool. Nice. I didn't catch that. That's that's really cool. Chad, the Californian, reacting to the earthquake by riding the wave while everyone else loses their shit. Yes, sir, with the terrible push-off. Yeah, that was it was really funny. Jeff is just on one this whole season. He hates this show. He hates these people. And Amy delivering her why teach them line so coldly, so sociopathically. We're going to be eliminating them, maybe killing them. Why teach them anything? I want them gone. Okay, I don't think Jeff hates this season. I think he's trying to just be aggressive. I think that we have seen when Jeff hates a season. We have seen when Jeff hates contestants, but I don't think... I'm not getting the vibe that he like doesn't want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's a transition for him, working again with new people. Yeah, and... Obviously, wildly different casting choices. Yes. Oh, yes. And then finally, our last email of the day from Josh. The season kind of has a weird vibe to it because it's the first season I'd call directionless from a production standpoint. Yes, that is a great phrase. All Stars seemed like such a natural conclusion to the show, and production kind of didn't really know where to take the show from there. When dividing the the seasons into eras... 1 through 8 and 10 through 14 are pretty clearly separate, but 9 is kind of a weird middle ground where it has elements from both eras. Hmm. Also, while it's not quite as big of an aspect of the season, it's the start of where Jeff wants to be done with Survivor and move on. Sure, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I Directionless is a great phrase, and I didn't talk about it too much I probably should have before All-Stars. Like, what would the season after All-Stars look like? Because we talked a lot about the build-up to All-Stars. But I did kind of wonder to myself at times, I'm like, either that's a jumping-off point where, like, you build from that and it becomes, you know, it keeps becoming, like, the biggest thing or a big thing in America. Or it kind of flounders and, like, has a hard time getting its footing back. And since the show is still going on today, I kind of assumed it would be the first one. (laughs) The ratings are back up, my friend. Is that true? We're, I mean, it's on an upswing. Wow, that's cool. Well, it does help that everyone binged it during the pandemic. Correct. It probably also helps that people watch it on streaming platforms where 10 years ago they were like, I'm not getting cable for that. Yeah. But, yeah, no, this this feels actually, if you're someone that cares about like the show existing, continuing to exist, like you're over the producer side and you're like, hey, we want to make, <laughs> we don't want this to be the last season – that makes some of their choices make more sense. Lower budget, but also just, like, safe. Yeah. Like, we're going to pick these really normal, safe people. We're not going to fuck with the game too much. We're going to let this sort of be the 
the the cool down, the come down from All Stars, and this is before they would have known what All Stars was, so they're probably expecting All Stars to be really big, and then okay, we'll th- take a breath. Instead, All Stars was kind of controversial, and now it's oh yeah, and this is not, but not in ways that feel satisfying, like okay. they were hoping. Yeah. Before we move on, I do have to call out that you never needed cable. You never had to buy cable. This was network TV. You could have it over the air. I don't know the difference. The free TV that you can get over air, I mean, it's still technically there, but they had to switch to HD frequencies, so it's harder to get. Oh, like with the antenna? Yeah. Oh. That's like your CBS, your NBC, your, your, your local stations. Wild. And then you have to buy cable for things like your USA Network, your Comedy Centrals, your Nickelodeons. No. Well, I mean, it gets lumped in together. The vernacular is confusing. I feel like they don't want you to know that there's another option that's free. That's fair. And then finally, I do love Jared jokingly making up an intentionally bad twist while knowing the show has used that idea. I don't know if you remember what that twist was, but it is funny. No, I don't. What was it? I'm not, I don't know. Okay. I don't know off the top of my head either, but just the fact that you have said something like, this is such a terrible idea, and then they did it. Wow. Who's to say? Once the words come out of my mouth, they're gone. It's gone. Jared doesn't listen to our show. Unless I'm editing. I lived it. That is true. When we first started, I would listen to episodes to like check audio quality and like take notes on like what I thought would work, what I thought didn't work. I still do that, do that every so often, but like, yeah, it's our voices. I we re- <laughs> we recorded it after the episodes I listened to because I'm editing. Like, yeah, yeah. Bumper. Okay, so this episode came out on October twenty eighth of two thousand and four. Uh, this is actually a, a decently uh, interesting week between episodes. Okay, I went to go find the photos I take of the stuff between episodes, and there's a photo of my knee I don't remember taking. That's weird. <laughs> anyway, discovery and isolation of new wonder material, graphene, announced in paper by Andre Gim and Konstantin Novoslev, which won uh, they won the Nobel Prize in 2010 for it. Incredibly, they used scotch tape to peel layers off of graphite. And that's how they discovered this, like, new compound. So I did a little bit of research on it because I was like, what the fuck is graphene? Yeah, I'm trying – that was what I was going to ask. What is this? Graphene is a material that is extracted from graphite and is made of pure carbon, one of the most important elements in nature and which we find in daily objects like the lead of a pencil. Graphene stands out for being tough, flexible, light, and with a high resistance. What it's used in is sensors, batteries, energy storage devices, smartphones – it's pretty important, as it turns out. Hmm. Wearable devices, sports equipment, virtual reality devices, and supercars. Supercars. Endless potential applications in electronics, energy storage, sensors. So basically, like, without this material, which was discovered the week this episode of Survivor came out, mm-hmm. we probably wouldn't have taken the massive jump in technology that we did. So what you're saying is I need to start taking scotch tape and sticking it to a bunch of things until I find the next element Sure. All right. That Jared, could work. Jared, come here. I'm going to stick this to your face. You're just going to get diabetes. That's not how diabetes works. <laughs> a powerful earthquake and its aftershocks hit Niigata Prefecture, northern Japan, killing 35 people, injuring 22, and leaving 85,000 homeless or evacuated. Shit. And Fidel Castro, Cuba's president, announces that transactions using the American dollar will be banned by November 8th of 2004. First of all, didn't realize how long Fidel Castro lived. Like, I knew it was a long time, but, like, 2004 is crazy. Secondly, they weren't already banned? You could use the U.S. dollar until 2004? A lot of countries use the U.S. dollar because it's so strong. Oh, that's true. As, like, a trading currency. Instead of their own, making their own currency that fluctuates, like... You know the story of, was it Zimbabwe? or there, there was one African nation where inflation got so unbelievably out of control that it is billions of dollars for a loaf of bread. Sure. America, but obviously, like, famously Germany in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you just keep saying that stuff is worth more, it it's exponential and... Eventually, the numbers become ridiculous. This is why, if people say like, "Why, why can't we just print more money?" Like that is actually the answer. Correct. 
the number one song on the charts is My Boo by Usher and Alicia Keys. So it's finally switched after half a season of Survivor. Do you know this one? Yes. But I it's one of those where I'm like hearing it, but I can't sing it back. Okay. No, I'm thinking of My Love. That's yeah, that's different. Yep. No matter what I do. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. All I think about is you. Thank you, because it was like both those songs were combining in my head to make some type of horrible amalgamation. The top five movies are Shall We Dance, Shark Tale, Saw, mm. the movie we're going to talk about, and then number one, The Grudge still. The movie we're going to talk about today is Ray. Ah, the Ray Charles biography. You knew that. I did know that. Okay, I did not. I was like, what the fuck is Ray? This is with... Oh, who is the main actor? Jamie Foxx. There it is. I had Jamie. I didn't get Fox. Legendary soul musician Ray Charles is portrayed by Jamie Foxx in this Oscar-winning biopic. Biopic? Biopic. Uh, biopic. I cannot speak I today. got biopics. Young Ray watches his seven-year-old brother drown at age seven. Young well, Ray. Yeah, okay, that's very redundant. Watches his seven-year-old brother drown at age seven. That That is... <laughs> You're telling me that twice, thank you. When he loses his sight at age nine, his hardworking mother, Sharon Warren, urges him not to feel sorry for himself. He rises to the ranks of the Seattle jazz scene, struggling with drug addiction and infidelity while on the road. Supported by his wife, Carrie Carrie Washington, Ray Charles redefines soul music and inspires a generation. What do you think this is rated on Rotten Tomatoes, Stephen? I want to say that this was up for an Oscar. Uh, I'm going to that in the description, so yes. Oh, did it? Oh, okay. Then, yeah, I'm going to go with a critic score of... 86, and an audience score of 73. It is a little bit cheating that it mentioned it It was nominated for an Oscar, but pretty close. You did switch them. Damn so it. critic 79, and audience a little higher, 87. Okay, But yeah. pretty uniform. Nice. And that's what you missed in 2004. <laughs> no, I didn't miss it. I was there. I just, uh, well, maybe I did miss it. I was a child. You were 11. I was 11. That's good math right there. Thank you. Way to go. Anyway, moving on to the episode. Episode 7, Anger, Threats, Tears, and Coffee. And Coffee? And Coffee. Yeah, so we're we're back. LePevy isn't a well-oiled machine. Okay, wait one second, though. In the recap, they edited out Rory saying terrible things in my head. They did the recap. They did him dirty in the recap. He goes... They edit it out. They edit it so it sounds like he's saying, I apologize for all the terrible things I said about you. When in reality, he said, All the terrible things I said about you. In my head. In my head. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize for the things that I didn't do. I apologize for the things that I do. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that, that's the only one I want to point out because I'm like, Wow, we're really going for a narrative there, huh? <laughs> yeah. So that happened in the recap. As we're, the opening montage is a work montage with the Lefebvre tribe, and everyone's doing work, except for John. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and we, we even get a confessional out of this. He's like, yeah, there's not a whole lot to do, so I just relax. It's, it's, you get bored out here. There's just, it's, it's just a lot of time to yourself. I feel like John is in a hyperbolic time chamber where every day is his first day on the island. Not only has he, like, not learned anything, it's like he's actively chosen to ignore conversations that he has had. Yes. He was there when Rory was the target because he was quote-unquote lazy. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> His best, Jared. No, it's not. It is not good. Yeah. And people are noticing. Chad has a conversation, I believe, with Chris. He's like, yeah, we're all noticing he's lazy. Like, He's eating three bowls of rice, and he's not doing half the work. Yeah, I think Chris kind of goes off on this, too. Chris Chris is, uh, I wrote down here Chris going off, so I'm assuming it was this conversation. This whole episode feels like it should have circus music under it every time John is on screen. Why? He's not in the same reality as everyone else. All right, let's, let's do a little improv exercise you're gonna be you're gonna be John in this scenario. I'll be a producer. So, hey, hey, John, thanks for sitting down with me for this uh, confessional. What's up, bro? Uh, yeah, it's up to you. Um, let's let's just go through your day to day. What do you do here on the island? Oh man, I make big plans. Um, 
took a nap under a palm tree today. It's uh, really, it seems like everyone just does everything around me. And I'm the most important person here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's real funny to me. Someone could be grossly unaware of what's happening around him. Yep. Yeah. Oh, well. And then we flip over to Yasser, and Rory's having a good time. He he wakes up, he prays. Like, I'm I'm just so happy that I cracked the ladies, and the alliance is no more, and everything's great. Hey, Amy Leanne, let's talk about how I cracked the alliance, and everything is great. Talk about putting the cart before the fucking horse, my guy. You saved. You survived one vote. <laughs> Amy was like. No, no, well, no. actually, he survived like 30 votes. But in this case, he survived one vote amongst the Women's Alliance. Amy's like, no, 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 no. You don't get this. You're going home. Like, you better hope you win. In most seasons, and definitely like post once once they introduce hidden immunity idols, telling people to their face, not a good idea. I Honestly, I kind of like when Amy does it. She She is playing the best version of the, I never lied to anyone. Cause like it's it's true. Like, it's, it's true. She's she's <laughs> upfront with everyone here. She's not pulling any punches. She's not leading people on. She's just like she told Lisa to her face, like, no, no, I want you gone. She didn't even have to say anything. She could just like left or like been like, I'll think about it. But no, nope, right to her face. Nah, fuck you. I guess. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's fun and 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 the, her reason behind it is like. There's never been an, a women's alliance that has made it, mm-hmm. which I I feel like is still true in 2023. Obviously, I don't know that, but it is funny that like we're 10 seasons and it's like never made it. I'm like, and it's, it, it might never. It, it very well might never. It might. I don't know. But uh... well, OK, let's let's talk about this. We have females after this episode females very much in the majority do you think that they try to make a push at that no i i anytime there is a trait that makes you a homogeny mm-hmm. there is an incentive to have at least one person that is not in that homogeny sure because you have a very clear picture of who is on the bottom and you don't want to be the person that's left on the bottom when they're gone. You don't want to be the clear picture. Yeah, well, right. Like, if you're the last, if there's one guy left, the, then your thoughts immediately are, okay, so who goes after them? Yeah. Who goes, like, who's the person that leaves after they leave? So you try to get that guy on your side and you turn on somebody. That's what's going to happen every time. The reason I think it doesn't happen with tribes as much as other, like, homogenized groups are, first of all, that homogeny is very temporary. Yeah. And. You are more likely to have clear, obvious dividing lines in a tribe versus in a in whatever your group is. I the the thing that homogenizes your group. So, like for example, thinking of last season of Rob's tribe, like there was no question that Rob and Amber were together. Mm-hmm. Nobody questioned that. And then there's other things in the group that you can like try to play with, like okay, well then Alicia, maybe I can maybe I can use that to like turn Alicia to get her on my side if I need her on my side. Like you have other options in a group of let's say that all the women that are on the season right now, there is no clear thing that makes it so that any there's no clear thing that let helps you to strategize against specific people. It, it would be a true or closer to a true free-for-all, and that is the most dangerous thing you can have in Survivor. Free-for-all. Free-for-all. I love it. I want it. I want it bad. I don't... I mean, why? Because it's entertaining to me as the audience. All right. Yeah. No. There are some seasons where you get into the final five, final six, final seven, and you're like, I don't know who's coming out of this. This is going to be great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I would argue that at least in the now nine seasons, I guess eight seasons, because we haven't gotten that far in Vanuatu that I've seen, they're almost never a free-for-all. Oh, I People have their, it's like, you know, groups of two and like maybe there's like a a swing vote or something like that. It is not in the contestant's best interest for it to be (laughs) a free-for-all. Let me me be clear here. 
So, so that's my that's my stance on why I don't think in all women's alliance or in all men's alliance, like I don't think there's any way, like it can get far. It can get to the point where there's only one person outside of the homogenized group that's there, but I just don't think it can make it all the way down. And that's I'm gonna say with five or more, because like a, a final four pact is pretty easy to make. You can have homogenized like you can have an all women's like final four like yeah that makes sense but like five six seven people absolutely not sure 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 okay neat then i'm just gonna keep moving forward because we have a lot to talk about going back to rory here he tries to pull the work card the second time after he's like yeah okay well then i'm just not gonna i'm not gonna do the work and amy call is like cool okay enjoy your time like go go sit go Enjoy Vanuatu. You're here. Amy's becoming one of my favorite people on the show. <laughs> they, I, what makes me so mad about this is like Rory is missing the point. He's like, yeah, I, I just want a chance. I just want you to be straight with me. Rory, this is the straightest anyone has ever been with anyone in Survivor. Mm-hmm. Telling you that like, hey, we want it to be an all-women's alliance and like we like you, but you're probably going home. Like that, that is being straight with you. And they don't, like, they don't, owe you anything they already kept you around sure your own expectations are just out of whack and you're losing the patience and you've decided to make it everyone's problem as you have self-described that you were going to burn this camp to the ground yeah that's where i was going next he he uh comes up telling us that he's going full scorched earth here and i'm like that that's not how survivor works i don't think you understand you don't get to participate in this once you have lost. I think what he means is, if we lose the immunity, I will literally, like, start destroying things. Which, honestly, I'm surprised. I mean, Sander did it a little bit after a vote, but, like, we haven't really seen a lot of that. I don't want to, but it would be kind of entertaining. What do you mean? Like, what could someone do post-tribal, pre- or sorry, post-immunity, pre-tribal, being told, hey, it's you? I mean, you could literally just, like, break the shelter. That is a thing you could do. Burn the shelter down. That would be very dangerous. I I do wonder when production... Possibly a crime. Yeah, I don't know where production steps in, because I know there's the rule of, like, you obviously can't assault another contestant. I wonder, like, what that line is when it comes to, like, their stuff, or the shelter, or community items. Like, how bad can you get? Can you just, like, take a bag of rice and throw it in the ocean? Who's to say? Actually, that would probably be fine. They've decided that rice is fungible. Um, <laughs> but, like, you probably can't take people's personal items and break them in half. So, like, there's obvious – I'm sure there's a line somewhere. I don't know where it is. I, I don't know if we'll ever – if that'll ever come up, if we'll ever find it. But, like, yeah, I mean, you could you could make camp life miserable for everyone else. You could break, like, a spear, like, break the spear. You could even do it – I mean, Sandra tried to do it subtly, but you don't have to be subtle about it. Audiences – listening to this are screaming right now with laughter and it's oh uh, God. i'm with you thank okay. you so anyway let's move on to the reward the reward's happening you gotta fill a bottle with coconut juice but there's stuff in the way i like this challenge i also don't mind this challenge i think the problem is is that they needed it they needed a little bit of fine tuning i agree the fact that we had to montage yeah in there- an action challenge. That shouldn't be happening. What, what I've realized in the last few episodes is they're making the challenges really long. Yes. Like, the immunity challenges episode is the same way. Like, we have to montage it because it's so long. That's That could use a little bit of fine-tuning, but I really like the structure of this challenge. Okay. I do, too. I think that it is, and it's something we've built upon before. Part of me is like... Okay, why are we cracking a bunch of coconuts? That Yeah, you don't need to worry about that. Just, like, fill it. And they're, like, also obviously pre-cracked. Like, yeah, maybe not, like, all the way, know. but, like, they've weakened them. It's a weird little little twist on a, a game that we've done before. I'm like, sure, whatever. But I think dexterity challenges are underused, and I really like this one. I agree. I think dexterity currently, as we stand here in Season 9, are underused. I just watched... The penultimate episode of season 45, where a dexterity challenge is the immunity challenge, and it is real interesting. Hmm. All it right. looks uncomfortable, but man, does it... I'm like, anybody could do that. Anybody could be good at that. We'll get there in eight years. Yeah. 
See you in eight years. Anyway, the Gasser tribe kind of jumps out to an early lead. Wait, a couple things I want to talk about before. Okay. About So, first of all, LaPevy being, like, out loud, being like, yeah, I thought Rory was gone. Hilarious. Rory just catching strays. Yeah. It's so funny. Um, How the fuck did they not have two identical glasses? Yeah. Yeah. What? I did write that down. What? What do you think happened there? Was this a something broke on a, on transport and they're like, let's just, I don't know, fill it by volume? It, it has to. Or like, yeah, or like they forgot to pack them. Or I, I don't know, man. Or maybe like what they got it there and they're like, that's like they ran a test and they're like, that takes too long. Those, the ones we brought are way too big. Like maybe they brought like half gallon jugs or something, but like, I, what? All of it is very bizarre. And from an audience perspective, you're like that. I get it. You're giving me a line where the the end point is, but still, the fact that they're not identical makes it confusing to my brain. It's the worst kind of technical fuck up that doesn't actually affect anything theoretically. Yeah. But you also have to explain to the audience. You can't smoke in mirrors it. No, not at all. Because if you say nothing, then everyone's like, well, that one is very clearly different and very clearly has less volume, even if it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And then just, yeah, the way it starts is with cracking the coconuts. It's so fucking undignified. Having to like, okay, and start. Rush down to your knees and be like, tap, 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 tap. Not it, it like it's so anticlimactic and undignified. Or if you're a scout, crack the coconut, put it in the cup, right into the dirt. That's smart. It is smart. It, it was a smart move. This is all stars. The Boston Rob uh, yeah. cheat. Yeah, get out of the way so Boston Rob can do his thing. Yeah, good stuff. Okay. Anyway, we're 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 playing the game, and my initial thought was. This isn't going to be a great Chad challenge. Correct. Uh, and they haven't really brought it up. It's funny because, like, and obviously, like, Krista's deafness is more visible. It's more impactful moment to moment, day to day, in a visible way. Like, struggling to communicate is going to be more impactful in a social game yes. than having having a, uh, what's it called? A prosthetic leg. Prosthetic leg, thank you. But we haven't really talked about it at all. Like the show brought it up episode one, and then sometimes they have they have like shots of it, but they have it hasn't like come up. Like, how is it challenging? You know, how does it affect your day to day on the island? Which is kind of surprising. I I did write down <laughs> John when John's doing it. Jeff says John approaching the final leg of the challenge. And I was like, we couldn't have phrased that any differently. No. Jeff, come on. Jeff gets into these swings where he just he he's in the rhythm, he's saying whatever he says, and whatever comes out comes out. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. Yeah. It's but Chad does a great job. Oh, yes he does. He he's killing it. He makes up ground on somebody. He he clearly despite anything that getting in his way, he has the dexterity, he has the the concentration to get through this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also was wondering, I'm sure it's against the rules, but could you just put the coconut water in your mouth? <laughs> Carry it in your mouth the whole way? I feel like that's some Taskmaster shit, where you're given a task and you're like, it's not specifically against the rules, so here we go. <laughs> There's other rules that says a uh, golden retriever can't play basketball. Exactly. Yeah, you just put, you, you crack a couple coconuts, you put water in your mouth, you put it in the coconut, and you walk across yeah, honestly, I would I would do both. Put it in the mouth, put it also in the coconut. Double the juice, double the fun. Hey. <laughs> anyway, the the Yasser tribe ends up winning this one. It it's close, but it's not close. Yeah. Yeah. There there's a queer definite lead, so the end isn't supposed to be climactic, except it is cuz was it Leanne falls? Yeah, it was either Leanne or Eliza, I don't remember. I think it was Leanne, because Leanne is, like, running back with the bottle. Forget, well, first forgets the bottle, has to go back and get Which it. Which I would, too. <laughs> sure. How often do you have to actually bring something with you to the end of the challenge? Like, Once. With something like this, yeah. This. And she she fills it up. Jeff's like, no, you gotta bring the bottle. She goes back. She... <laughs> 
trips. Thank God somebody tells her to keep her hand over the top of it. Yeah. And she put the coconut there first, and then she put her hand. And then Jeff's like, show me the bottle. Show me the bottle. Jeff, let her cross the finish Show line. me the bottle. Show me what you got. Yeah, very, very silly last second drama for no reason. For no payoff. Also, I think it's Leanne has, like, right on her chest has, like, some pink, like, a pink smear this entire episode. And I couldn't figure out what it was. I think it was Eliza, and I think it was a sunburn. Okay. That's what I was wondering if it's, like, sunscreen. Because it's clearly, like, something they put over it. Like, did you burn yourself? Is it sunscreen? Is it, like... Oh, I thought it was, like, a a heavy sunburn. Because... No, it's not a natural pink. I... What we don't see anymore in Survivor is these nasty sunburns. Do you remember in season one or two where they're they're looking like horribly like sun just destroying their skin? It happened in Pearl. I think Pearl Islands and Marquesas as well. Yeah, they they start giving sunscreen to contestants because why didn't they do that at this point? Because they wanted to be you're surviving. Yeah. Wow. And I, I swear they are at this point because I, I feel like we've had a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's there, but if you forget to put it everywhere that the sun touches, then you are you could be screwed. Yeah, I mean, you're out in it literally all day. Yeah. Our, a lot of those pale white bodies can't handle the tropical <laughs> sun day in and day out. Correct. Literally not made to. Yeah. So anyway, Gasser wins. Gasser feels like protagonists of this season. Okay. Or at least of the tribe swap. Even though they've lost, now they win both times this episode, and there's so much focus on them. Rory included? Yeah. Okay. I love it. So they win the home cafe. They win some, like, Keurig cup-ass machine to make coffee at their camp. They get croissants. Croissant. Croissant. Can you imagine the coffee poops? Like, you've eaten nothing but what you can find on the land and rice for half a month, and now you are eating croissants and dark roast coffee. You are going to shit out things you didn't know you had. I'm going to take your word for it, because I've never really drank coffee. Sure, but, like, you can imagine, like, the even the sugar overload. Yeah. With all the things they're eating. Is there sugar in coffee? Uh, you can put sugar in coffee, sure. but with like the croissants I mean, and they didn't talk about like there's the French vanilla flavor. Yeah, do they have like muffins and stuff? I can't remember. I think it was just croissants. Okay, and they drink way too much coffee. Correct. Rory's eyes are the size of fucking dinner plates. He is bugging out. He's having a good time. And <laughs> little did you know that uh, coffee in Vanuatu has cocaine in it. Yay! It's like original Coke. Yes. Coca-Cola, I should say, where it's actual cocaine. Anyway, they're they're having a good time. They they show up and there is a big wall of pictures, which is adorable. If if you're if you're anybody on that tribe but Rory, it must take a couple seconds to find yourself. Uh I think Scout was pretty That's fair. Yeah, those come from a different those that's a, that's a different camera. Yeah. That but I did did you catch any from there that you're like this is cool? Uh, the I think wasn't there one of Scout on a horse? Probably. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I also picked one out from Scout where Scout was a musician. Scout oh was, yeah, like playing at a concert or something. Scout's fucking cool. Scout's cool. And then we also get letters from home, and this was expected from me. I'm sure not expected from the audience because it is pretty early for the letters. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was surprised, and it was so cool. And it feels like it was. It breaks them down. But it is a little early for this. Yeah. So I think the big thing here is that we we see Scout talk about her partner. Agreed. And, and I, I love that. I was like, whoa, Survivor. All right. Because they didn't have to highlight this. They didn't. Scout's not a major player. Like, she's not irrelevant, but, like, she's not going home this episode. Nope. She hasn't been struggling a lot as far as, like, Oh, I miss home so much. Like, the only reason to highlight this is because they like the story. Yeah. And that's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. And Amy has a a nice little breakdown moment of we have – in her letter she gets 
from her family. She's like, your little buddy is watching you. Her brother, who was killed in a car accident like at the age of, I think, seven, is some died young. Yeah. And was told, yeah, he's he's watching over you. And we see a very human moment from Amy, which is is kind of needed from an audience perspective right now. Because we've seen a lot of, like, Amy playing cutthroat. Yeah. And this is like, ah, Amy, yes. I I do have emotions. I am a, a person. I have emotions that aren't just anger. Yeah. I, I like someone that can play cutthroat with a smile. But also, you're right. It humanizes Amy in a really good way. Yeah. And Rory <laughs> also getting a letter at, at the perfect time. His wife says, you may not be able to control what's going on, but you are able to control how you respond. So he's like, okay, maybe I was a little too Did mean. Did the producers write this letter? <laughs> I don't know, man. It was too perfect. How How does every, every – Rory has been trying to set himself on fire for the whole season. Like, he has done everything wrong most of the time. And divine intervention keeps putting him back on the right track over and over and over. Yeah. It's hilarious. (laughs) So that's the end of that. We we go to LaPevy for a little bit, and Julia and Twy are like, hey, we need to talk. Strategy? In my Vanuatu? I know, right? So, hey, Twyla, have the guys talked Final Four with you? Yeah, they... They, they, it's all very coy and they kind of dance around it, but they're like, yeah, we've both been told that we've been approached for final fours and Julia five. Well, either way, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I think they know that John is not long for this world. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah. That would be five people on their team. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And Julie is like playing this super well because she was not approached. This is so fucking smart. So she gained both information that Twyla was on the fence and that hey, now you're with me. You're solid with me. I'm getting big Jenna from Amazon vibes Okay, from Julie. Yeah? Someone that, she didn't explicitly say it, but, like, let's be honest, her strategy coming in was to manipulate the men. Like, that's the first thing she does when she's on a tribe with the men. That is younger, conventionally attractive, and I think smarter at strategy, or I guess we'll see, but this move makes me think, smarter at strategy than you would initially perceive her to be. Someone who might be overlooked on first glance of yep. like, yeah, you're not a strategic threat. Hmm. Interesting. So then we have a, a new odd couple in Julie and Twyla. Hell yeah. Which is fun. And then we get tree mail. It's a slingshot challenge. Did you have any preconceived notions on who was going to win this prior to the the challenge? Yeah. I mean, it definitely felt like this was Yasser's challenge. Mostly... Wait, really? You thought really? It was heavy? The only reason was because we spent we spent time talking about the votes a little bit at Lapevi, which we haven't really. Okay. Like it felt like they had to they had to give us a little bit of something and it was just enough for me to go like this feels like Yasser's episode to win. Okay. From the build up of the challenge of them like trying out the slingshot and how well they were shooting it, it was night and day. Like Lapevi was shooting well. They were able to get some aim and distance on it and the Yasser looked awful see the story to me that made sense up to this point in the episode was oh Rory the hero and that's what it ended up being that doesn't mean it like 100% would have been like there's also a story where he comes just short and then they save him or he goes home or whatever but I was I was like I really want this to be and I really think this is a great challenge for Yasser, especially because of the way that you get to choose who stays in the game for your team. You do and you don't. It's more of a if your tiles break. Yeah. So depending on how well your aim is. Sure. There's a possibility that you knock out someone who is good at this game. There was also a world in which I was like, oh, Sarge just wins the game. Like, I was like, that could, it was a kind of, to me, it was like between Sarge and, Sarge and Rory, sorry, as I just tried to call them. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. To like, who would be successful, but I, yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't get that same impression you did. Okay. Well, I mean, they even tell us it. They flip over to Sarge and he's like, yeah, we're going to win. It's no challenge. It's like a high school team playing an SEC team. Honestly, maybe that's why I thought it. Maybe because they were trying so hard to convince us of that. Like it, it just felt, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. And Rory's back in high spirits. Maybe it's the three cups of coffee. That'll do it. He does. Did you see the coffee machine in their camp that's plugged into the log it's sitting on? 
No. It's it's on a quote unquote log. It's probably like a small generator or like yeah. a big battery that's made to look like a log. So it's just like the the cord plugs into the log. <laughs> Oh my god, I can't believe I missed that. It, it's so goofy. That's the stupid shit I live for on That's Survivor. Great. Oh man. Okay. So yeah, we get to the challenge and it's 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 fun. Like you're you have four squares, you have to knock out your four squares and then once everyone's four squares are gone, then you're good. Or maybe was it five four squares? Yeah. 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 So it's it's close, but Rory kind of takes control of this challenge. Yeah, 100%. And what he does that Love Heavy can't do is gets out the people that need to be out. Like, I think at one point, Love Heavy gets out. And I think it's Chris. And, like, John is still shooting. And I was like, oof. Oof. It, it does seem like the Love Heavy tribe was like, yeah, knock out your own squares, and then everyone will be fine. And Yasser was like, no, I'm going to knock out other people's squares so I can keep shooting because I'm good at this game. That's the obvious strategy. If you knock out your own squares, the worst people are going to be the ones that are left at the end. Correct. Yeah. The ones that surprised me, Scout was pretty dang good at this. Scout was really good at this. Yeah. Scout, a master of many talents and possibly could have killed a guy sometime in Scout's life. Probably. Yeah, I could see her, like, fighting a cop at a protest. Yeah. And maybe that ends up with a death. <laughs> In the 60s, you know? Yep. Yep. So, yeah. Anyway, we we get down to the end, and people start splitting tiles, but not enough to win it. And that's where I'm like, okay, here's where the pressure narrative is, is but Rory still has this in the bag. He he does it pretty cleanly. Yasser wins. And then he goes on to say that I rocked Amy. Yeah, I didn't really understand that either. I, I He's saying, like... Yeah, your whole world is turned upside down because now you don't get to vote me out and you have to think twice about voting me out in the future. But it's just a weird thing to say. Yeah, and again, like, Rory doesn't understand the game of Survivor or why he's succeeding at it. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is just leftover spite because he's still mad about the conversation, but, like, this saves you this week or these, these this day. I don't know how long it is till their next vote. But it doesn't really... It's not necessarily Amy wanted to get rid of you. I think he's just so hyped up on the caffeine. Yeah, that's true. He's, he's not quite aware of the things that he's saying anymore. Amy said she liked you, and if you guys merge next episode, you're not the first one on her list. Yeah, now he's like, hey, she could have had me as a close ally. Hmm, all right. Rory, you have no allies. And Amy responds with, Rory got cocky. And you know what? He should be cocky, because if he didn't win, he's going home. Sure. <laughs> yeah so then we flip to little peppy and we have to have a discussion of what's going to happen here oh i, I do want to say about the challenge real quick okay it was a little more complex than i think it needed to be um i didn't mind i, I loved the like getting people out i it just felt like jeff had to explain the rules for so long and like a lot of like unnecessary pomp of like and then you walk over to the winner's mat and wait over there like just it, it's a little clumsy that's all yeah. i wanted to say you know how you fix that Instead of the stupid tiles that you have to flip over, you could just like have different colors or Yeah. The the flipping of the tiles was, was really unnecessary. Put a picture of someone's face on the tiles, put an initial on the tiles, like anything. But no. We gotta make it complex because that's what we gotta do. So yeah, Lepevi is reeling from this. Chad is like, hey, I don't really trust Julie. And you know what? This could be a, a male-female thing, and we could be like, we're looking at, we're down the numbers. If we, all together, we're down one guy. So we should really be taking out a lady, right? Right? Oh, no. But, like, you don't have John's loyalty. Yeah. In comes John. John comes a swinging, and <laughs> he has faith in one person, and that's Julie. Such an idiot. <laughs> Okay, wait, I do want to, I, I was looking through my notes. I do want to say one other thing I thought was funny from the end of the challenge, and I swear to God, I'll stop going okay. back. Rory's last shot, he, he pulls back, and he's like, this is for my baby. Imagine if he missed. I know they wouldn't show it to us. They wouldn't show him saying that if he did, but that would have been fucking hilarious. Okay, anyway. Julie so approaches silly. John. Yeah, Julie. Or John approaches John Julie. John approaches Julie, and really, not even really. 
they they talk a little bit, but the main conversation that is shown here is between John and Chris, because Chris is kind of in this limbo space of I see what he's saying, but I don't know. I don't think it's in my best interest, and. Chris kind of lives in this limbo because he's looking over the other tribe and he's saying, they got rid of Lisa. I don't think it's as clear of a guy lady thing as people are saying it is. So what do we do with that? And John's like, well, let's take out Chad. What? (laughs) I want to take out Chad. Hey, why do you want to take out Chad, John? Because Chad doesn't like me. No, why do you want to take out Chad, John? What's what is your pitch for why John oh, and not why somebody else? I see what you're saying. Yeah, because he gets the sympathy vote. Does he? Uh, okay, this is a conversation that we've maybe had a little bit before, but we should have now. He does a little bit if he gets to a final two. the The perceptive of your whole game does like your body does come yeah, into no, play that's, there. That's fair. I just. Yeah, and and I think part of that might just be on the show not really talking about it very much. Uh-huh. Like like I said, they haven't really we haven't heard conversations between him and others. Like it's really never come up yeah. that except for the the first like, "Hey guys, by the way, unzip my shorts. Here's my fake leg." I don't think it's as big of a deal as other things in the game and other reasons why people would win, and we haven't really seen like I Chad's fine. But we haven't really seen anything that makes him a winner. Like, you can't just go to Final Two and be like, this bad boy right here, that's why you should give me a million dollars. Yeah, right there. It's the thing. So here's here's where I look at it. Is it's, it's kind of the same as the sob story that Survivor is loves to put on. That regardless of how you play in the game, people will look at you differently for, oh, I had a tragic event happen in my life, which is why Survivor loves the sob stories. So even if Chad is like, hey, I I don't want you voting on this, there's going to be some of that anyway. It just feels like of all the ones that have, that like could be like quote unquote sob stories from all of the seasons, like so far, like Krista being deaf, Jenna, Christy, Damn it. I did that earlier too. Yeah. Christy, uh, Christy's deafness, Jenna's mom with her cancer, like loss of family members in general. Uh, like there are, I feel like there are struggles and I don't know how John lost his leg or anything like that. We haven't really gotten that story. Maybe yeah. it's not one he wants to tell, but like, just like having a prosthetic leg doesn't feel as emotionally impactful as a lot of those and those haven't mattered so as much Mm -hmm. here's what i'm gonna say and then i'm gonna leave it because we gotta finish this episode yeah i think of the players that we have seen christy chad right now there's some in the future none of them want to be looked at that way yeah none of them want to be taken lightly and said oh this person, I should give them sympathy because they have a struggle in life. I think all of those people who come in with possibly a, a a physical struggle, every single one of them would say, I want to win this game for me. Yeah. I want to win this game because I, I want to show myself that I can. I want to show the world that I can. I guess, yes. I, I just, the way we think about it's in my, in my mind, a little skewed because, because uh, Chad, is such a physically strong guy. Like, he's good at the challenges. It is not impacting him all that much. Not to say it's not an impairment, not to say he's not, that, you know, if he if he identifies as disabled, whatever. But, like, I think of Christy, Christy being deaf. Like, that is, that changes every single minute in Survivor. Mm-hmm. Chad, yes, he has a prosthetic leg. And yet, he is better at everything that would that that prosthetic leg would make him quote unquote like worse at than scout than hell Lillian from, (laughs) from Pearl islands, like age and other, like this is a physical, like a, a a purely physical limitation and maybe a pain one too. I don't know what the full effects of all that are. That feels like it's in the same camp as if you are older or as if you are weaker and it doesn't impact 
every single second of every single social interaction. Sure. Yeah. Here, and one more time, I'm going to... I know, I know, I know. I'm going to push back one more time, and then we're going to be done with this conversation. I think Christie's limitations impacted her at the beginning, and then once everyone kind of got past it, and it's not up to Christie. Yeah, that's Once everyone got past it, then you're like, okay, now we're in the game, and people just realize, oh, I just have to talk directly to this person. Boom, there it is. Life solved. Cool. Anyway, tribal council happens. Anything you want to poke from this? Um, I mean, John's an idiot. <laughs> John's a fucking moron. Oh yeah, there, <laughs> I there was a moment where I was like, oh wow, like yeah, Julie and John on the bottom, and they're like teaming up together. Nope, Julie fucking stabs him in the face. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like I mean, I don't blame her. That's fine. There's just something that's so fascinating about John, which kind of goes into, like, this, the circus music I was talking about, where, like, it's not like he's not playing. It's not like he gave up. I think that he thinks that he's playing very hard and that he is doing a good job. And he is so delusional. And it is hilarious. Yeah, he is scrambling in a sense that he he is making plays, but he is assuming that they are working. It's and a little they're not. It's a little bit like the bad movies I like, where like if somebody sets out to make a bad movie, I don't want to watch it. Sure. If somebody sets out to make a masterpiece and they're bad at making movies, a la The Room, oh, I'll eat that shit up all day. John is not trying to just like be like, oh, I guess it's me, fuck it. Uh he's trying so hard to stay. And he's so bad at it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. This is where we get the conversation of uh, John being like, yeah, Twyla's a, a great worker. You know what she could do better? Take a nap. Relax. Do something. And everyone's looking at him like, dude, you're the last person who should be saying this. You are so out of touch. Which, which is funny because like, I agree with him. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. But I, you are the worst messenger for this. We need balance, but you're not pitching balance. You're pitching... Like, chill. I think he thinks he's pitching balance. He just doesn't know how to articulate it. Yeah. Like, if you say something like, hey, Twyla, could, if you, if you like, you know, helped delegate some of the work a little bit and rested a little bit more, would you be better at the challenges? If you took a nap before the challenges, would you be better? <laughs> There's an argument, not just, guys, guys, let's chill out. Hey, uh, you me. Which I think chill. is, like the core of what he's trying to get at, but I don't think that he himself understands his own argument. Okay. Because he's having a gasoline fight in his head. (laughs) And so many Zoolander references. All right. John is voted out. It's a sweep. He, he, he did not get even the Julie help. So oops. Hilarious. John's gone. Couldn't find a whole lot of information on him on the internet. It's just one. It was a long time ago. Two, it's not Peak Survivor. Three, John Kenny is kind of a more common name. Sure, yeah. Yeah, so, oh well. Anything, or let's do your protagonist of the episode. Yeah, I mean, it's Rory again. Okay. Like, the the whole beginning part of the episode is Rory mad, Rory gonna set the camp on fire. Rory smash. The after the reward challenge is, oh, I shouldn't have gotten so mad. And then it's Rory carrying his team in the immunity challenge and winning the day. Like, nothing that really happens in Lop Heavy matters because everyone's like, yeah, John's got to go. Except for the Julie Twyla conversation. Sure. But that's not enough to be a protagonist. Like, this this episode is a bit of a... The B plot, like, the A plot is so is so minimal that the B plot becomes the important one and Rory is the star. It's a lot of setup. Yeah. Cool. And how do you think John does in Future Survivor? <laughs> uh, I actually, you know, weirdly enough, I actually think he could do better. Mm-hmm. I think what he needs is he needs a Johnny Fairplay. He needs a he needs Boston to be the, Rob. He needs to be the Burton to the Johnny Fairplay. Yeah. he need, Or he needs an Amber. Like, he needs somebody that can give him direction. Like, that can be like, John, no, John, John, shut up. John, bad. John, John bad. you're, no. John, go be pretty over there. Okay, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> so, like, and this is a season where there just isn't anybody like that. So I think that he kind of got screwed on that part. Sure. I don't think he's ever a winner. 
I think he could be someone's goat. Yeah, I and see that. He's entertaining. He is. He really is. He's he's pretty. He's Survivor eye candy. Yeah, and obviously he doesn't come back. Yeah, he's he's the male equivalent of the the young, like usually like nineteen, twenty year old girl that they put on that doesn't know how to play Survivor. A male model. And sometimes Idiot. they do. So, like, I mean, hey, Jenna was supposed to be that person. They went, and she went, I'm going to win. Yeah. All right. Bumper. That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. Thank you, as always, for hanging out. And thank you, Jared, for stinking up the room before we recorded. Mm. <laughs> Blood sugar roller coaster farts. Mm. Anything you'd like to promote? Uh, I would like to promote uh, finding... That that feeling when you find a band that you had forgotten existed. So like I was when I was walking over here, I turned on just like a Spotify mix that it made. Um, my biggest red flag is I don't make playlists. I just look up artists and like click. But it made a mix for me, and I turned it on, and a band called Emery popped up, and I was like, oh my god, I have not listened to that band since I was in high school. Like I've forgotten that they existed, and it, they're good. Like yeah. it slaps. Okay, and that feeling is kind of like it's rare and it's nice. You are the perfect person for the Spotify AI DJ. Probably. You should check it out. It is legitimately cool. All right. Like, they just throw on a mix, and then it mixes up the genres if you want it to. It's not perfect, but it's it's still something. I'm going to promote Reese's uh, Peanut Butter Trees. You're really mad about this. I love Reese's. Okay, the... But, like, you're mad that I ate them and they were in the candy dish for people to eat when they come in. See, there's the problem is I didn't put them there. Oh. Someone put them there. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Like I said, I'm not mad. It's like that mad where you're like, damn it. I, I can't blame anyone, but damn it. If I had a nickel for every time you've used the what do you want to plug segment to throw shade at me, I'd, I'd have at least a dollar. <laughs> For my co-host, Jared, this is Steven. For my host, Steven, this is Jared. This whole podcast is actually just a roast of Jared. It has been since season one, episode one. Bye-bye.